welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I am to be your boss's worst nightmare. Well, it's Friday the 12th of August 2016, and if you were listening to yesterday's podcast, you'll know that I said that today's was going to be a bit of a bumper episode. And uh, it's true. So why is it going to be so special today? Well, believe it or not, we're already at our 50th episode. I, I can't believe it's gone so quickly. We've already hit 50. But it's also going to be a little bit longer than usual and a lot more self-indulgent. And I can already hear you thinking, more self-indulgent than usual? How can that be possible? Well, just wait and you're going to find out. OK, so uh, 12th of August. What is it generally? Well, it's the night that the 11th and 12th of August are the night that this year, certainly, and I think it's true in most years, that the Perseid meteor shower as it is at its highest. So if the night sky is clear near you, get out there and have a look at that. It's a wonderful sight. And I was watching that very thing six years ago this night. And we'll come on to that in a moment because I'm going to tell you a story, if I may. In fact, I'm going to take the story back a little bit further than six years ago, quite a a few more years earlier. Because I've told you before that I allowed fear to keep me in a job that I hated, and I do mean hated, for 12 years. And during that time, I missed my boys growing up. I then moved on to a job that was okay, but I was tolerating it. And I stayed there for 20 years. And again, it was fear that kept me there. It was fear and ignorance. Fear and ignorance. I mean, you can't think of a much worse combination than that, can you? Fear and ignorance. But I allowed fear and ignorance to keep me in that place for 20 years. Now, what I was doing during that 20 years, I was in financial services, and for the last 15 of it, I was in a very specialist field, helping people who needed care in later life fund that care. As I say, it was a specialist field and it meant working very closely with families, uh, often under powers of attorney, to ensure that their loved one got the best care possible, but also, wherever possible, that the the wealth that person had built up during their life, some of it at least was left at the end of their life to pass on to to the kids. Um, Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail because that's not the purpose of this story. But what a lot of people will remember is back in 2008... We entered a, a global recession. Well, I can tell you that that started a year earlier for me in my business because the business I was in was very much reliant on house sales. People got towards the end of their life, they needed care, and the house was most often sold to help pay for that care. And my job was to make sure that it was used as well as possible so that the person got the care and there was still something left for the family, if that's what was wanted. Despite what cynics might think, most often the family didn't care about that. The family cared that mum or dad or brother or sister or whoever it was got the best care possible. It was the person entering care who was most often worried about leaving something for their family. Now, that was most often reliant on house sales. Now, I happen to live in the, the south of England. And again, this is going to sound awfully parochial for anybody who's not in the UK. But very often, the housing market spreads out like a ripple from the south of England. So if the housing market starts to grow, it starts in London first and then it moves outwards. And if it starts to shrink, again, that trend tends to start in London and spread outwards. So we'll get a position where in the north of England, where I come from originally, 
house prices can still be going up, whereas down here in the south, house prices are, are falling, and vice versa. Well, that's exactly what happened back in 2007. It wasn't that house prices fell, it's just that they didn't sell. There were no house sales to speak of starting in 2007 and moving forwards. As I've said, my business was totally reliant on house sales. And so it stagnated for two, three years. Moving the clock forward to 2010, we'd been pretty much living on the reserves that I'd built up during the fat years, if you like. These were now lean years. And we happened to have an insurance policy maturing that year. And uh, it could have paid a chunk, a small chunk, but a chunk off the mortgage. But I said to Carol, hang on, no. We haven't been away now since the business turned down. We haven't been away for three years. Now, we could get to the end of our lives and we could look back and say, do you remember that fantastic mortgage payment that we made back in 2010? Or we could get to the end of our lives and say, do you remember that fantastic adventure that we had back in 2010? We could do one or the other. We're going to pay the mortgage off anyway, but which one of those would you prefer to do? Now, Carol's essentially more cautious than me, and she, she really felt that we should pay a chunk off the mortgage. But I held out, and I found a wonderful place high in the hills of Italy. Now, at the time of booking all of that, I wasn't aware that within weeks that my mother would die. Also, we had, around about that time, several of our friends diagnosed with cancer, two of whom we've sadly since lost. But several of our friends were diagnosed with cancer in rapid succession, bang, 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 bang. So that was sort of heavy on my mind as we travelled down to Italy. In fact, we drove down to Italy from the UK because we have a little dog, a little Jack Russell terrier, who I mentioned before. And we look, call us soft, but we just can't leave him. He was from a rescue centre. He'd been mistreated before he came to us. And he hated it there. Absolutely hated being in the, this rescue centre kennels. So there's no way we wanted to leave him in a kennels or with anyone else. All Jack Russells have idiosyncrasies. If you're a Jack Russell terrier owner, you will know. You know your dog and they have their funny little ways. Well, we knew that it wasn't fair on anybody or any of our friends to have to put up with those funny little ways. Um, he was our dog, so we, um, we, we decided we were going to take him with us, which meant driving down to Italy, which was part of the adventure. We had three or four days driving down and we managed to drive back in a couple of days, which was uh, another story entirely. Anyway, told you this was going to be self-indulgent, didn't I? Anyway, while we were in Italy, we stayed at the most wonderful place. I'm going to give them a plug. There's, there's nothing in this for me, but I am going to give this, them a plug. It's a place called Casa San Gabriel. Casa San Gabriel. They've got a fantastic website up there. It's the most beautiful place high in the Umbrian mountains, near a town called Pier Antonio. And Umbertide is another near, nearby town. Anyway, I, I'm telling you that so that if you Google it, you're going to be able to find it because I would love for you to be able to experience the place that we experienced. It is simply magical. It's run by. Um, a couple. He's Australian, David, and she, Chrissy, is from the UK. David and Chrissy. So, again, uh, my little bit of service to them because they became, and they don't know this, but they became hugely important to us. So we were spending this time in Casa San Gabriel, 
we were having this much-needed break. I'd uh, become an orphan a few weeks before. I'd lost my mum. I'd lost my dad a few years earlier. And we had come through this period where several of our friends, as I say, had been diagnosed with really serious illnesses. But we were away from all that. We were having the most perfect time. We'd had a wonderful adventure driving down. We'd stayed in some great places. We'd eaten some wonderful food. While we were on the holiday uh, itself, while we were down there for two weeks, we explored the local area, the beautiful hill towns, ate some fantastic food. It was on the 12th of August, so exactly six years ago today. We'd been out to lunch. We'd, we'd already had lunch in this restaurant earlier in the trip. We tried to go somewhere different every day, but we decided we loved this place so much that we'd go back there as um, a celebration before coming home. And the place, again, I'm going to give them a plug. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to give them a plug because they are. it is the most wonderful restaurant. I haven't eaten there in six years, so I hope if you go there now, it's as good as it was when we ate there. It's a place called Erba Luna. I'll spell that. That's E-R-B-A-L-U-N-A. Erba Luna in a little hill town called Montone. M-O-N-T-O-N-E. Montone. Erba Luna in Montone. And it's built on the side of a hill just near a remembrance garden. Really pretty place. And we had the most wonderful lunch there. And in the evening, we got back to the cottage that we'd rented at Casa San Gabriel. And we'd had a fantastic evening with new friends that we'd met there. And we sat outside this little cottage on on this terrace, just outside this little cottage. And it was one of those perfect nights. We'd had a wonderful day. It was one of those perfect, warm Mediterranean nights. And we were looking down the valley. And in the very far distance, we could see the lights of Assisi twinkling on a hillside. And we'd visited Assisi two or three times during our stay there. A beautiful place, a stunning place if ever you get to go there. So we could see this in the distance. And twinkling above our heads was this meteor shower, this this Perseid meteor shower, St. Lawrence's Tears. And everything about it was just wonderful. And then I had this thought. And I turned to Carol and said, look, when I'm back at work next week, I go to the back of the queue, the back of the line for my own time. Everybody else, everybody else gets to say what I do with my day. And I just get to deal with what little bit's left. And I'm not prepared to do that anymore. And I think what had caused me to think like this was several things. Firstly, when you lose your mum, and for those of you who are still fortunate enough to have your mum, as soon as you've listened to this, pick up the phone, go visit her, Tell her you love her while you still can. I I know she may drive you crazy at times. Mine did. Absolutely crazy. But boy, are you going to miss her when she's gone. So if you still have your mum, call her today. Go visit her today. Take the time out. It will mean the world to her. So going back to it, one of the things that had caused me to uh, have these thoughts was losing my mum. Another was that several of our friends of our own age had been diagnosed with this dreadful illness. Another was that I looked at David and Chrissy, and they had totally changed their lives. They'd both been had successful careers. They were young. They had a very young family. I think their kids, when we were there, were probably about four and six. They had a young family. 
And they'd given all of that up, all of that success up, to go out to Italy. They'd found this derelict place on a hillside. And with hard graft, but real hard graft, they had crafted this wonderful place to stay. Perfect place to stay. And there were such fantastic hosts, and they clearly loved every bit of their lives. David was teaching in Perugia. He was um, teaching English in Perugia. Chrissy ran the the place we were staying, and um, but they lo- they just had a perfect existence. And while we were there, what also happened is David and Chrissy came back to the UK for a while, and their friends, a young Australian couple. He was a teacher. Uh, I th- can't remember whether. I can't remember where she was, but it was the Cotter family anyway. Wonderful people, wonderful people. But in Australia, and I wasn't aware of this, and um, I, again, it doesn't matter much, but you're allowed to take a year out of your career. I think that's if you're sort of in government employment, if you're a teacher, that sort of thing. But you're allowed to say, I'm going to take a year out now, and I'm going to go do stuff. And that's exactly what the Cotters did. They came to Italy for a year. They spent a year in Florence, but they visited Casa San Gabriel frequently. And in David and Chris's absence, the Cotters came and looked after us. And they were wonderful, absolutely wonderful family. We had a fantastic time with them. So they too were doing some exciting things with their kids. They were homeschooling them while they were there. So it wasn't a year off for the kids. They still did their work, but they learned so much more, so much more than they would have done had they been in a classroom there. So here were some other people that were doing exciting things with their life. I'd always done what I thought was expected of me. My life had been mapped out by others, it felt. So here I was in my early 50s then. And I looked back and I thought, well, I've missed out on my kids growing up. I was doing a job I hated while I was doing it. I wasn't even doing a job I loved while I was doing it. I missed out on my kids growing up doing something I hated. Then I spent 20 years tolerating what I was doing. I was pretty good at it, but I was doing long hours. I had to take off my cell phone number from my business card, particularly when I was working with the the senior person themselves, because not always was I working with families. Sometimes I was working with a senior person. They were fully capable of making their decisions. But what they weren't was respecters of personal time. So it was not unusual, seriously, it was not unusual for me to get to bed on a Sunday evening at around 11 o'clock, head hits the pillow, 11.30, my cell phone would ring on the nightstand by my bed. And it would be one of my clients phoning to talk to me about something. So you can see what I mean by my saying to Carol, I go to the back of the queue, I go to the back of the line for my own time when I get back to work next week. And I'm not prepared to do it anymore. Now, Carol, in that instant, understood. Now, I've said before, Carol is naturally more cautious than me, but in that instant, she understood. And she said, yeah, you're right. We need to make changes. And that night, 12th of August, 2010, six years ago this very night, was when I decided, we decided, that we were going to make the changes. Now, at that time, I had not the faintest idea what those changes would be but I knew I was going to make them. I can tell you that normally up until that, whenever I was on vacation, whenever I was on holiday, once it got to two or three days before the time we needed to come home, 
a black mood would descend upon me. I would go into, I suppose you could call it a depression. I could not enjoy the moment. I could not enjoy being where I was. I could not enjoy what I was doing right then because of the knowledge that I was coming back to something I didn't want to be doing. That clouded everything. That got in the way of everything. And so I'd come back and I'd be in a far worse mood than I was before I went away. It would undo all the good any holiday or vacation did. And quite frankly, sometimes I would have preferred not to have gone away because I knew I was going to feel far worse when it comes back. You're probably saying, get a grip, Aussie. Come on. But that's, that's the way I felt. This time, though. This time. When we were coming back. I'm not saying I couldn't wait to get home because we were having a wonderful time. But when I was coming back, when I was driving back up through uh, Italy, through Switzerland, through France, all that way, I was both excited and scared. Scared because I didn't know what I was going to do. Excited because I didn't know what I was going to do. It was the most wonderful feeling. I didn't know it at the time, but six years ago tonight, that was the night that When's My Time was born. Because that's the question I asked Carol. That's the question I asked Carol when I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. Because I said to Carol, when's my time to do the things that I want to do? When's my time to live the life I want to live? When's my time to be the person I'm supposed to be? So six years ago tonight, although I didn't know it at the time, when's my time was born. I've gone on long enough already. And I said it was going to be self-indulgent. It has been. I can tell you what I did in other podcasts. I can tell you the massive mistakes I made after that. I'm not telling you that everything was plain sailing after that. Far from it. I made some humdinger mistakes after that. What I can tell you is that within six months, I had left the corporate world. It was too early, and I'll tell you about that in another podcast. But I left the corporate world six months later. Every single day since then, Every single day since then, even when I was making my biggest mistakes, even when I was staring down the abyss, I came very close to losing everything not so long ago. Just a couple of years ago, I came so close to losing everything. I wouldn't want anybody to go through that. But even at that point, I would not have swapped my existence then with my previous existence. Every single day since I left corporate life has been more fulfilling than any single day in the 32 years when I was working for somebody else. Now, I know it's not for everybody. And if you're happy in your job, if you love your job, if you feel safe and you feel comfortable, and that fulfills your needs. I don't mean just financial. I mean, fulfills your needs as a person. Fulfills your needs, if you prefer the term, spiritually. If that fulfills what you want out of life, I am so happy for you. So, so happy for you. But if it's not, let this be your wake-up call. Because as far as I'm aware, we only come round this way once. I wasted 32 years doing the stuff that I thought other people expected me to do, rather than doing the stuff that I'm supposed to do, rather than doing the stuff that fulfills me, fulfills my family, allows me to be here for them. And I would urge you, urge you, if you feel in any way dissatisfied with the way things are going right now, Don't wait. Don't rush into it. Don't steam in tomorrow and quit just on a whim. But think long and hard about what it is you want to do with your life. The clock is ticking for us all. On that night six years ago, I asked, when's my time? 
And what I really don't want to do, what I don't want any of us to do, is to get to the end of our lives and look back and say, when was my time? We missed it. I said that this was going to be self-indulgent, but it was self-indulgent with a meaning. It was self-indulgent in a way that I wanted to explain to you what was behind what I feel right now. What was behind my need to ensure nobody else misses out on their kids growing up because fear keeps them in a job they hate. To ensure nobody else misses out on fulfilling their purpose because fear keeps them in a job they tolerate. I really don't want that to happen to you. I really don't want it to happen to anybody. So if this episode just reaches one person and touches them and allows them to lift their eyes up and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm sick of being at the back of the queue for my own time. I'm sick of doing what others expect of me rather than what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to figure out a way that I can break free from this, that I can do what I'm supposed to do. If my self-indulgent podcast has done that, then that's great by me. And I hope it's okay by you too. Thank you so much indeed for listening. Look, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've stuck with it this long, thank you. You're amazing. What I'd love you to do is to head over to iTunes and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any other episodes. What I'd also love you to do is to leave me a review. Tell me what you like best about this podcast. Look, if you hate it, tell me you hate it. Head over to iTunes, subscribe, leave me a review, leave me a bunch of stars. Five is always welcome. And you can also hit me up on Twitter at Aussie Air. Or you can email me. Tell me what you thought about this podcast. Tell me your own story. Tell me what's holding you back. Tell me what's inspired you. Tell me, tell me about the people that have inspired you. I've told you about David and Chrissy. I've told you about the Cotter family that we met in Italy and how they were part of what happened. I've told you about our favourite restaurant, Air Balloon. I've told you about Casa San Gabriel. If you want somewhere to go and think, go to Casa San Gabriel. I've told you all about all of that stuff, not as a, a travel gazetteer, but to build that picture for you so that you can see what was behind my decision making and so that you can understand that you too have the power to make those decisions for yourself. You too have the power to take control of the way your life turns out from this point on. Gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but don't forget. iTunes, subscribe. iTunes, review. iTunes, some stars, please. Thank you very much indeed. Hit me up on Twitter, at Aussie Air, and you can email me, Aussie, at whensmytime.com. You can tell I've been a bit emotional today, but hey, I'm celebrating. I've been Aussie Air, founder of whensmytime.com, and I can tell you, Your time is now.